Welcome to the Fan Forum, the show where we learn more about Husker Nation one fan at a time by asking the same four questions. I'm your host, Mac, and joining me, person to my right, is Redcast Honky. How you doing, buddy? Oh, it feels weird to be on this side of the table yeah, on one buddy, of these. The tables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> spotlight's on you for, for a change. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. It's an honor. Thank you. Well, hey, this is my inaugural or first initial hosting job, so bear with me, Redcast <laughs> Nation, but uh, it's probably going to go just fine. I'm sure it will. You got an easy guest. Yeah, I really do. I feel like if anyone's going to talk about Husker football, I got the right guy. <laughs> So just a little house cleaning stuff when we're talking about it. You know, we got a bunch of stuff to go over today. I think we might even, after these four questions are done, there's enough Husker information out there that I think we might just extend it. I think this is two shows in one because, you know, the forum is the same four questions. The first three are all about me, the the guest, the, mm-hmm. my history. But question four is how do you think the Huskers will do next year? That's a match rule. That's a launching so, pad, folks. So I think it's just we're going to just yeah. transition from forum into match rule yeah. by the end of this. We got to be who we are. Okay. Well, before we are who we are, not that I'm trying to take the hosting away, but that's okay because you. <laughs> we do have a couple of, of uh, we have an upcoming show here. Actually, we do have a couple of them. I don't have the timing for one of them, but uh, the next forum is next Thursday, August 10th, 8:30 p.m. Uh, Kendall Wickwire Senior. He's the host of the Wired Access podcast on Husker Sports or heard at sports and he's next high school football coach. Also buddy of uh, mine, uh, uh, Bob Brackenoff. He's a, uh-huh. he knows Bob. So friend kinda, of the show. Yeah. Friend of the show. So roundabout there. Uh, next up is alumni hall and you see their, their logo on top here and it'll be on throughout the show. Yep. Uh, two Lincoln locations, downtown 1120 P street and South point pavilions behind Barnes and Noble. Yep. Husker fans. It's time to go get your flags. Oh, get it. This is the perfect time yep. of the year to it's, be going to alumni time to hall. think about how you're going to start representing game day. This is a great time of the year. Also, to go to pipeline-jerky.com, use Redcast to get 10% off. Yep. Uh, Dave at Husk Guys, who's, who's started up a pipeline. I mean, my goodness, the great jersey, jer- great jerky, and mm-hmm. it goes to a great cause, goes to the offensive line. Let's rebuild the pipeline. And it's low carb. So if you're out there <laughs> looking for some sort of non-carbohydrate snack, check out Pipeline Jerky. Help the team out. Help yourself out. Lose some weight and support the team. <laughs> uh, support the Redcast while you're at it. You can use the QR code here, but smack and smooch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the our new Redcast store there. We're wearing hats and shirts and everything from them. Shane and Laura out there in Elwood. Quality apparel, custom made so. orders. And last but not least, we talked about this a little bit last night with Tommy Frazier when he was Touchdown, on the Redcast. Tommy Frazier. But the battle in Boulder for anyone that's going to be out there in Colorado Friday, September eighth, the night before the game. Uh, well worth your time to go out to this thing. Uh, Adam Carricker is going to be out there. Obviously, Tommy is, and I like to think that. We've butchered this a couple of times now when we tried to promote this. Um, when you and I were on a match rule a while back, I was like, uh, it's I couldn't read what town it's in. It's in Estes Park, but I, I was like, I was like, is it Breckenridge? Uh, it's somewhere in the mountains. <laughs> no, it's, it's Estes Park. And then last night, Gary Michaels, uh, clothers, mm-hmm. um, is putting it on. They're the ones behind Big Red of the Rockies. Sure. And and if you want to learn more about this, go to Big Red of the Rockies website. But Rob was like, yeah, they're they're in downtown Lincoln, and right away. Tommy, had I know to, Tommy called. Tommy him, had yeah. to correct him and go, no, yeah. he's in South Lincoln. So, <laughs> so we couldn't get anything right apparently. But, but uh, get it right. Go to. Uh, it's a live show, folks. Sometimes yeah. you know it's not always buttoned up. Yeah, but so, our hearts are in the right spot. So you know, you want to just get right into it. Can I ask you the very first question, Matthew? Why are you a Husker fan? Please. Uh, you know, if I had to start, I'll just throw a photo out there, and Grandpa and Grandma Honky. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. Started with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
my earliest memories, the 1984 Orange Bowl, uh, the two-point conversion, is running it up and down their stairs. And I can remember kind of running into the bathroom in between Jeff Smith scoring the touchdown and the two-point conversion. Okay. I was just like hiding in the bathroom. I, I, I didn't, I was like, I, I can't watch. I can't watch. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, to this day, the tears of oh, not man. getting it. My mom would tell the story of how I guess I was at school in first grade. Mm-hmm. I was in school afterwards. And I'm in tears and crying, and the, and the teachers couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And it was, it was I was still upset about the Orange Bowl, and and uh, I, countless years have gone by where I, you know, I could have been second, third, fourth, tenth grade. I was probably doing the same thing. So and there was there were some down moments too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Let's not forget, you know, there were some heartbreaks back in those days too. Mm-hmm. But these are uh, three people very dear to me: uh, Grandma Honky, Grandpa, Grandpa Honky, Grandma Honky, and then my cousin Stephen. All three have passed, but uh, and they're. In this photo here, they're wearing their Husker stuff. Steven's got the hat on. Grandma had the shirt on. And uh, th- there was a lot of love of the Huskers that came from them. Your grandpa dresses just like my dad did. Pocket <laughs> t-shirt, you know, collar shirt, it, like he was going to SCOTUS or something. That was a great shirt. Mm. You know, um, when I first met you, that was one of the first things. It was so apparent to me. This guy's a Husker fan from through and through. And I like you were you were my touchstone for any kind of you know, everybody knows about running backs, quarterbacks, this and that. I'm like, who's going to be the starting line? Nobody knew the lineups like like Honk did. Like nobody else put two deep charts together like Honk. Did. You know, he'd <laughs> write out the I formation and this would be that. And, you know, give me the three. And not not just the depth chart, but like their their eligibility. It was a junior, redshirt, sophomore, blah, blah, blah. You always had that put together. So um, no surprise to me that where your Husker uh, – roots come from they're very strong very deep probably not unlike a lot of redcast nation out there mm-hmm. that's a nebraska football in a in a in a nutshell too it's like it's it's almost inherited you know you grow up yeah. in this state um it's part of your saturday saturdays in the fall experiences like you know when we were kids not every game was on tv but every game was on the radio you know in the garage in the basement in the kitchen you know oh, if, yeah if dad was working on the car it's in the yeah. background you know my dad would watch like a notre dame game with the sound down and then the Husker game and with the radio up mm-hmm. in the background. And as a kid, I didn't know that. And I'm like, this doesn't line up. I don't <laughs> know what they're talking about. We didn't score a touchdown. There's, you know, but you know, I just, I love <laughs> that part about Saturdays. It was like, we didn't play the radio a lot in our house unless it was Johnny Cash, Statler brothers or something <laughs> like that. But if, if the radio was on, it was a Husker day, you well, know, that is so true and, and about grandma and grandpa, even they, they were on separate floors. Grandma mm-hmm. was upstairs. Grandpa was downstairs. Mm-hmm. Grandpa was tall enough to be able to hit the ceiling. If he stood out of his chair and hit it, <laughs> if, if, if something went wrong, but grandma would be listening. If, if it wasn't on TV, I can remember always the radio being on upstairs. Jeez. Uh, gosh. Uh, on the other side of the basement, I have a, a letter from Lyle Bremser to nice. grandma response to grandma KFAB, you know, uh, header on it and everything but uh, and he talked about you know some fine players from columbus blah and Kush, <laughs> yeah. but grandma must have written a kfab about something and uh, but i can remember listening to radio upstairs yep. uh going there on a saturday morning of a football game and the world herald they would always have um like an, a, a drawing you know a, oh, okay a, whatever the the artist they would draw the prediction of that of that week's mm-hmm. game and it would be nebraska against missouri so you know they draw a tiger and mm-hmm. they draw a Herbie Husker and give some prediction, have some kind of little funny saying oh, yeah. in it. And I can always, and we'd cut them out. Grandma would cut oh, them yeah. out right as you walked in the front door, just to the right was the poster. Yep. The, the Husker poster for that year. Yep. And I still remember like it was yesterday, the 
scoring explosion poster being up there. Oh, so, I mean, yeah. when, when my sure. memories of the first year of, of Husker football for me was 1983, it's walking into grandma, grandpa's house and seeing on the right side, uh, Mike Rosier and Irving Fryer and, Tur oh, yeah. and Turner Gill breaking through the scoreboard. It, another one, you know, for, uh, of, if you're of a certain age, because <clears throat> newspapers aren't what they, what they used to be, but man, the, the Saturday morning, because we never got the Journal Star in Columbus. We always yeah. got we always got the World Herald. But like you get that Saturday morning World Herald, and you'd, you'd open up the you know there were so many articles about the team, and then you open up the page and it'd have those like like the the formations of like the just their standard icon of a player, and then the list of the of the players behind them. You'd open that up and look at the starting lineup. It was just it was just such a a spectacle. You know, because that was your only media back in those days. You had the news, but then you had the paper and like getting up, get, getting up on a Saturday morning, opening up that paper and looking at the depth chart and looking at the other team's depth chart. It was it was just all part of the experience. It was all part of the immersion into Husker football and just the, the glory of it. And, uh, you know, I was I'm right there with you, buddy. I'm right there with you. It's kind of a similar environment. It, it makes so much sense. Well, so the other thing, I guess that would be part of question one then. Grandma and grandpa, obviously. And then, and like you said, that I've asked this question to so many different people and, and it, it's this inherited thing. It's, mm -hmm. it's brought down mm -hmm. from one generation to the next. So grandpa and grandma, that's two generations from, mm -hmm. well, they handed it down to my dad. Mm -hmm. And so two weeks ago today, dad was my dad's funeral. Mm -hmm. And uh, something that I, I wanted to do and didn't get a chance to do exactly the way I, I wanted, but I wanted to do a fan form with dad. I want to do one with my mom and my mm -hmm. mom and I are going to do one. But, um, but, my dad, literally the last conversation I had with him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking the last, you know, maybe he had two paragraphs after this little okay. audio get done. Maybe I said two more paragraphs to him after this, mm -hmm. but this is kind of some of the final things. That's awesome. But this is something I, I, I talked with my dad on a Saturday. It would have been three Saturdays ago from this upcoming Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, I was able to get one little short fan form in with him. Awesome. So this is, it's about four minutes. I'm going to play it. Yeah, here. give it a listen. All right, question one, Dad. Why are you a Husker fan? I was born in Nebraska, and I liked everything about it. And when we lived out of state, I missed it thoroughly. You missed it when you were in Kansas? Kansas, yes. That's right. What, uh, what were some of your favorite Husker memories? Probably my, my dad bringing us to... Uh, not whole sections and uh, early Husker ways of you know seeing it, uh, just knowing that the uh, um, that our stadium is like Ohio State's. I remember the KFAB always would have their promotions and of uh, Big Ten, and I always thought higher of Big Ten than I did Big Eight, mm -hmm. just because of. You know, they were, they were the big schools. Uh, they had the big reps. And uh, so I always thought highly of that. And so when I finally got to be at Ohio State for a, a week-long uh, class, I, I just really enjoyed that, thinking that, that I've kind of fulfilled my academic uh, desires, too, in addition to the... The, the sports scholarships that people get into with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they built Memorial Stadium. In the, the image of it, yeah. Yep, because they're built right about the same time as Ohio Stadium. Yeah, that they're the wall, but we're, we had the two sidelines. Yep. 
do you have any favorite Husker players that you know in history? Anyone that you you really remember? I'd say that I just remember them in different ways. Mm-hmm. I I can't re- really pick favorites that way. It just doesn't way it works for me. I remember you talking a lot about Johnny Rogers and the amazing runs that he used yeah, to do. Yeah, that's, I guess if I had to have an exception, certainly Johnny. And you were, <laughs> a, Scot- and you were a SCOTUS graduate, too, and that was Blaha and Cush time, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I can even remember, you know, not that I had any inkling of uh, of comparability, but I remember that, you know, that in gym, I, we had competition running and sometimes, and I ran against, you know, one time PE when Bill was, uh, or, or, no, that's Blaha, Cush, uh, that uh, trying to run against him, and it's just kind of a, an interesting memory to be able to look back that, to think that I basically a uh, 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 PE nobody had the opportunity to run against uh, you know one of our be- better defensive backs. Absolutely. Well, the last question, Dad, I always ask is, how do you think the Huskers will do next year? Yeah, Matt Rule. Do you do you have any good thoughts there? Well, on the worst end, I don't think we could do any worse. <laughs> so. Let's put it this way, if I compare it to Boston, I don't have very far to fall. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Pops. <laughs> Love you. That's fantastic. I, I, I love that, that it, it tracks so well with how I know you <laughs> and how I know your family. And I think probably a lot of a lot of Redcast Nation out there can relate to those those stories with your old man and, and those Saturdays and everything you have with them. You know, back Back when we were growing up, man, the Huskers were formidable, and it became such part of the, the just the scene at the time. Mm. I, I, this is the part that that I think Rule has done a good job of integrating is understanding that this is all it's deeper than just the football. It's the connection. It's what you have with your dad. It's what you have with your grandpa. It's what we want to have with our kids, and and uh, and just kind of play it forward and and. Uh, it's it's a part of the state identity. We we love that stuff. It it, it kind of I mean we were our friendship was sort of formed on mm-hmm. Husker football. It's obviously deeper than that now, but my gosh, man, um, what a touchstone! Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and uh, you know some of that might have been hard to understand. Some of it there, um, you know, he talked about Kansas. My parents moved to Kansas in the seventies, and that's where all three of us kids were born. Sure. So I was born in Topeka. I lived there for all of seven months. Um, he went to Ohio state in the eighties and for like, like two weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't a long time, but right. he was there for like a class. And I remember him wearing, he had this Ohio state shirt that he wore. He used to kind of bug me. When for I, sure. I did not, <laughs> I didn't love it, but, but he would wear this Ohio state shirt and he talked, he just talked very glowingly about his, his two weeks at mm-hmm. Ohio state. And so, um, you know, that, you know, you had that. And, and the thing is like with my parents, they are very different types of fans. Mm-hmm. Like dad, dad's, he would, they would both watch the Redcast, but dad wasn't going to get into the X's and O's and who's mm-hmm. our third. So he couldn't care about who our third string mm-hmm. guy was. Um, but you know, but he, but he, you see him putting the flag out there. I mean, he had mm-hmm. his rituals. He loved it. Mm-hmm. My mom's the nut. I mean, mm-hmm. she, she screams and uh, yeah, says yeah. everything. And, 
and uh, you know, I'd probably get some of my emotions uh, from oh, her, yeah. and you know, the some of my when I go off on the text chain with the yeah, guys, yeah. Uh, that, that's that's Marty working through me. Yeah. But um, but you know, the it was great to do that with him. I was really glad I had a chance to 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 do that. Yeah, hundred percent, and to hear that, and so that's fantastic. I think that's that's a that's a gem. 100% Jim, but what you, you said about your mom kind of resonates with me too. Because my mom, just I just remember her going, Oh, come on, boys, tackle, tackle. I'll put that ball away. You know, like I remember when uh, you remember how Steve Taylor used to run with the, with the kind of the ball out here. She's like, yeah. Oh, no, 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 put that ball. And like, she, my mom was, and this is the, you know, like I hear Rule's wife talk about, or Rule talk about his wife trying to bring the women in to Husker Nation. I'm, yeah. That's, there couldn't be an easier job. The, the women of Nebraska are in on Husker football. My mom yeah. was my mom's a hundred. My wife is hundred percent. Your wife's a hundred percent. Like it's 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 all part of it, you know. And um, and the the thing that I struggle with sometimes with with my kids, I'm sure you feel the same way with Alex. It's like it's been very difficult because like I still get mad at games when we lose, and my kids still come up to me and we're like, "What's the problem?" I'm like, well, we're losing, but, but we always lose. I'm like, no, we don't. Yeah. You know, like, no, yeah. we, don't. Yeah. we don't always lose. We used to be really good. It's problematic <laughs> and I don't like it, you know, <laughs> but, but like, we want I, that to end. I want that to end. I want, I want, I want the kids to come upstairs when me and Nicole are jumping up and down and high five and because we want a game like that kind of stuff. Even, you know, when your dad talks about Ohio State, like I resonate with a, with a team like Ohio State when you go there and you understand that though they root for a different team, the mm. passion is very similar. The, the, the heartbeat is very similar. Like we want nothing but the yeah. best for these boys and like, and, and to cheer them on as they win, you know, like th that's college football to me, like all this realignment NIL, the transfer portal, like that stuff's all kind of distractions. Like I can't wait till college football, the, the, all the, all the dust settles and we kind of know where we are again. So we can kind of get back to like, it's not going to be normal like what we remember, yeah. but just kind of the new normal. Like we can't even get to a new I, normal. Colorado leaves the Big Twelve to go to the Pac Ten, only to turn around and leave yeah. the Pac Twelve right. to go back to the Big Twelve. Right. It, yeah, until you get some kind of normalcy. But I just think it, maybe this can kind of finish up the, the first question at least. Mm -hmm. Is that it, part of that? Like you talked about the women of Husker Nation. Mm -hmm. I think of I think of my parents and my parents having their friends, the Landholms, the O'Neills, the Wagners. Um, I'm, I'm I'm DMing with Tyler Kai here on the side about our, our friend, Doug Wagner, his dad um, ha has been a season ticket holder since like 1962 or 64. Oh, wow. He's yeah. missed four <clears throat> games. Wow. Four games. That's pretty impressive. And, and the four games, two of them were, I think <laughs> I remember right. Two of them were the daughters got married. Um, Inconsiderate there was a, there by was, the daughters, <laughs> but okay. There was a, a death in the family was a third. And the fourth was he went to his world war two boats reunion. Okay. Like how amazing, <laughs> like, like humongous circumstances to like, take him away from a game. And, and to be able to yeah, remember yeah. the four games he didn't go to. <laughs> and yeah. he is stuck to the very end of every single yeah. game he goes to. Yeah. That is, that's Husker Nation. That's that. the greatness of it. That's, I, I, I love everything about I it. I love so. that. I love that. Well, that, that ties in perfectly to the very next question. What is your favorite Husker memory? And I, I'll just say, it doesn't have to involve me. It probably will. <laughs> but what's your fuck? favorite Husker memory. There's a bunch to choose from. I'm curious. You know, what's cool is uh, part of this is I think it's important to have young memories, you know, mm -hmm. things of your youth. It would be easy to say, Hey, we talked to Tom Osborne on this show. Oh, hey, yeah. last night we had Tommy Frazier on, you know, mm -hmm. those are, and those are great memories. Don't get, don't get me wrong, but, but nothing beats the memories as a kid growing up and, and being able to, to be around friends and family yeah. and, and do things. 
Um, Tommy talked last night about his favorite season was the 93 season, not 94, okay. not 95. And, and it, that season meant a lot to him that the team was, was getting over the hump. They didn't quite win it, but they were mm-hmm. getting over it. And yep. honestly, one of, one of my top moments ever is that, that 94 orange bowl the whole night mm-hmm. I was at grandma and grandpa honky's house for mm-hmm. it. And it was just me over there. Um, I could have been over with buddies and all yeah. that stuff. I went to grandma and grandpa's cause that, that was 10 years to the day basically of the orange bowl against Miami. Okay. Oh yeah. Two point yeah. conversion. Wow. And I can remember running up and down the same steps, except this time, <laughs> this time I'm a sophomore. I'm wearing number 44, the jersey for, for the Calvin, Calvin Jones. Jones. Yep, yep. And the night was awesome to begin with. It was mm-hmm. great to be with Grandma and Grandpa. It was great to watch the game. It was great to, to do all that. But then afterwards, where did we end up at, Matt? At, at, at midnight. midnight Mass, because we were good Catholic boys raised right. It was and... a Saturday night. And, and uh, you know, I mean, Midnight Mass, people were – a lot of times you're not wearing your, your Sunday best anyways. But I, I came in. I believe you were in sandals. I came in. My Husker sandals. But, but I came so in. so was Jesus. <laughs> And well, and you could probably tell the story as anything as well as anything as me. I, I came in, I was I was not going to take that jersey off. I was so proud of how the team played that I was like, I didn't feel like we lost. I honestly yeah. didn't. I was I was I was just so proud because we were seventeen and a half point underdogs, and not even supposed to be on the same field with Charlie Ward and all those guys. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That, <laughs> that's a pretty good that's one. A, there, that's a, that's a good one, Kathy, and and a nice tie into the show. But but to to just to speak to this man over here and what a Husker fan he was throughout the entire. So midnight mass uh, for those who didn't go to SCOTUS back in the nineties, that was uh, that, that was kind of a thing that was, that was set up for the high school kids to go to church late at night, knowing that they were probably hanging out with their friends on a Saturday night. But I remember specifically because it was after that game, people actually waiting for you to get there and kind of seeing how you were dealing with it. Cause it was so well known throughout SCOTUS and what were we, sophomores? Sophomore, sophomores, sophomores, yeah. like even seniors, like thinking, like, well, what's Honky think about this? You know, like I just remember thinking, and you came in, and you weren't, you were a little crestfallen, but not defeated. You were like, we're gonna be so good next year. I remember you just saying, I remember that. I remember because I was sort of like, I was, man, we were so close, almost got there. Oh, once again, can't get over the hump. After talking to you, I remember bringing up. You had the Calvin Jer- Calvin Jones jersey on, but we talked about Lawrence Phillips and like how good he. And like I just remember after talking to you, I didn't get that. I felt so much better about going into the next year, probably because of Lawrence Phillips. Where I was like, I was invigorated. You know, it, I, <laughs> it, it was just so fantastic. So, man, these just go way back. Well, and it digs up a lot of memories. I mean, part of this favorite memory that night's not over. We got done with with Midnight Mass, and I don't know how you and I. I don't know what the. I don't know what we did, but we ended up at Hardy's because <laughs> that's what that's what you do in Columbus at two in the morning. Yeah. And uh, and that's where you and I sat down. And it, it's honestly one of the first times that I ever really had a peer where I was talking to somebody. I would do some of the stuff on my own, but it was you and me. We started drawing out the, the two deep for next year. And like, oh, my gosh, you know, this you starting to think about who's coming back. Yeah. Hey, wow. Yeah. Wow, Weigert's coming back. Okay, we're losing Lundberg. Yeah. But, but you know, I think that, uh, you know, maybe they can move Zaska over right. to – the left tackle and like we start talking things through yeah and and okay lp and obviously the game that he had playing only in the fourth yeah. quarter uh against florida state fraser winning the when you talked about it last night with him on the show and him winning the mvp but still losing the game that's that yeah. was crazy but we got this guy coming back and the team seems different like it was it was a <sighs> it's hard to put in perspective what that night was like and how that changed like the the 
the team, how Osborne and the team had changed the perspective of Husker Nation uh, based off of one really good game it, it, against a really good team that, you know, you go back and watch that game. There's plenty of things that that probably were called poorly that we could have won that game. I'm not, you know, I'm not, yep. I'm not saying anything controversial, but um, I did that night. That night is so crystallized in my memory and I don't have the greatest memory, but that one there is just it's it's so perfectly like the moment that I felt like we were friends before that we were good friends before that. But like when those, that, that moment converged, it was like, this is my, this is my role dog. This, mm-hmm. this, this is my ride or die. Like I, I know I can come to him and I never doubted your Husker knowledge and I never doubted your passion for the team. So like right away, you were like not negative about it. Just, just, you know, ready to move on to the next thing. Let's get after it. And I love that about you. It resonated with me and you know, I don't want to say it's been the basis for our friendship, but I can't say it isn't. Well, you know? so I mean, you're you're my my right hand man. I, I know I'm yours in that too. Is that you know I've known you since '89. Now this is our fifth decade that we've been friends, and Woo. and got I have so many great friends, guys on the Redcast, and Rob I know is doing the back end here, and Rob is Rob's a great friend, and Rob you know Rob could have done this with me too, sure. but I just I couldn't think of anyone other than you, Mac, to do this kind of show, and and really. That night was important. Mm-hmm. That was that was a big night for for Nebraska. But then that next offseason, we get to ninety four, and that's where you and I kind of that we go through an offseason of getting the the magazines and all that. Yeah, and, oh yeah. And you know, and, and I think some of this shapes me now. Like I think of that that the game, that Orange Bowl night in 80, 94, If this if that was Twitter, would more focus have been on on attacking Byron Bennett and mm. attacking the loss versus how well we played mm-hmm. and, and oh, what this, true. what this could mean for the future, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I think that's what the red cast, the intention of the red cast is. And when we say that we are Husker realism with a positive spin, yep. we can be realistic. We can be frustrated. I was frustrated with the loss that night, but could, did you not see things that you can right. build off of? I'm, I'm yeah, saying something was different that night that, that you could recognize. Is there something different right now? Are we just saying the same thing over and over again? Mm-hmm. Or, or is there, are there different things going on in 94? We took that that off season and went to you went to your first game ever yeah. at, at yep. Memorial Stadium. Went to Pacific, yep. Um, and then we watched the Colorado game together, yep. And that was number two versus number three. Brooks yeah. Brooks game, amazing game. Yep. Um, you know, and I mean, it just all that to me blends in. And then my wife wrote in that uh, you know I did propose her at the fifty yard line. That should probably be somewhere on my list of, <laughs> of favorite fan it memories. It just came too. on so late, you know? <laughs> well, there were just so many memories before and, that, Kevin. And, and honey, for what it's worth, on a previous um, fan form when I had Lance Schwartz on, yeah. and he was at Husker Vision, he's mm-hmm. the one that, he's the only person that saw us propose. Um, <laughs> so so we've already discussed it, Kathy. That's yeah. why. I didn't forget it. I just... Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's that's been fully recognized. Yeah. So uh, moving on. <laughs> this is a, I'm curious about this a little bit. Uh, who are your all-time favorite Huskers? No, I, it's, this is a question that, um, you know, I ask it every time and people have, they'll give me list and list and list of them. I tend, I don't know that I really have a favorite Husker. Mm. I really don't. I, I don't think in those terms mm. of like this guy or that guy, and which is exactly by the way, what my dad said. And then mm-hmm. I had to go, well, you kind of talked a lot about Johnny yeah, Rogers, right? right? Um, I tend to be, if, I'm not in awe of talking to Tommy Frazier last night. Mm-hmm. I'm not in awe. I, Tom Osborne was amazing, but, oh, was... but like guys that were our age, or if mm-hmm. I talk to some, a kid that's on the team now, or if I talk to a guy that was, had Adam Carricker on. Yeah. 
I like Alan Crane a lot, but he played her in 2004 and I'm older than him. I'm not, I'm not (laughs) going to be like, I'm not in awe of that. What I'm in awe of were the guys from the Mm eighties growing up Mm -hmm. and, and they could be guys. Rod Smith came to our midget football banquet and there's a photo. Again, it's across the the basement here. There's a photo of him and he's got a little uh, toothpick in his mouth and he's signing one of my papers. And I mean, to me, he's a, he's a god at that moment, mm-hmm. right? Mark Benning, an offensive lineman uh, from like 83 and 84, he came to one of them. I know he came to one of them, and I don't think I was old enough to play yet, but I, I must have gone to the midget football banquet, okay. and I remember talking to him, and I've looked him up since. He was like 6'7", oh, two, wow. 270, you know, so, dude which, which, is, which is yeah. big anyways, yeah. but, but like gigantic in yeah. those days. Yeah. And so, I mean, those are names that, that I remember a lot of. And then – one that does resonate with me, it was when Tyler Kai was giving us a tour and you were there and Rob was there and we were doing the tour last spring and we get done. Uh, and it's the day before the spring game. So there's alumni that are in the, the building, the facilities and Reggie Cooper. Oh there. yeah. And Cooper's a great player, by the way. I mean, it's not like, you know, people are like, who, yep. who are you talking about? No, I mean, yep. people knew who Reggie Cooper was, but like he was more than just like a good player to me. Like mm-hmm. he was, he was the Ronnie Lott of Nebraska football okay. in 1989, 1990. And again, those are those formidable years. Mm-hmm. I'm in midget football and I'm just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. And again, we've talked to all these guys. We, yeah. We've talked to all these, you know, the, the big time Husker players. And I'm talking to Reggie Cooper and he couldn't have been nicer to me. Mm-hmm. And I almost couldn't get words out. I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was, I was like, what's wrong with me? And then yeah. I was like, oh, I was, I was, I was starstruck. starstruck. Yeah, I yeah, was for sure. I remember looking up to that guy and here I am chatting with him. I mean, I just thought it was one of the craziest things there. So um, you, you, you always just loved the team. You know, yeah. like that was, that was your like, what's the, what's the unit look like? Like how, who it, that, that was, you never singled a guy out. You're never like, I mean, you had a Calvin Jones Jersey, but that's just because that's what they were making. Yeah, that's what they sold. You know, they sold 44s and you know, were you with me when we were in, we went to an Amigos in like 1994 and we, we were in Lincoln for like probably volleyball, like state volleyball. Okay. And, Brett Popplewell was there. Were you with me that no, night? No, I wasn't. Okay, somebody else. Yeah. Because I go up to him and go, oh, my God, are you Brett Popplewell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and everybody out there is going, huh? <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was kind of a honky story. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, honky knew who Brett Popplewell was. And, like, I remember I remember laughing about that several times over. So <laughs> you, you have always been a team guy. You've always been a coach guy. You've always been a Nebraska guy. And not yeah. just the, the program, but the state. Like, you've always embraced just the state. And the, and the football program has always seemed to be kind of just, like, the culmination of all that. Like, that, that's the pinnacle. Like, this is, this is where all my love for the state leads to is just – that how much I love this program and this and this university and everything like that. Hell, man, you work for the university. Yeah, yeah. My dreams are coming true right now. So I lo- love being there. Well, I'm going to take over here now. Okay. All and, right. and and even though the question's coming to me, we're going to transition here. And, and folks, if you've been watching, we've got I've got I know I've got family watching too. Please continue. But the the fan forum part asking about me now is mm-hmm. moving over, and we're going to question four. How do you think the Huskers are going to do this year? And I'm actually going to even switch the brand up here on the top oh, right. We are going to go to Matt's Rule. It's bonus material time. This is bonus material time. Matt's Rule. And this switches now. This is the forward-looking thing. So we're going we're, – we're moving on from, from the past and, and everything to what's going to go on in 2023. We've done many shows over the course of the offseason, but we are into spring – or fall camp now. Yep. We're three days into fall camp. Yep. 
Uh, we've already, we've had a lot of things go on. We've had a tight ends coach who was here uh, for all of, you know seven eight months, no longer here. Uh, we had Miles Farmer today officially went into the the transfer yep. portal. So some things are changing roster wise and everything. But uh, uh, you know, I guess right now, you know, where are you where are you at, Matt? Three days into fall camp. Three days into fall camp. It's what you mentioned. The uh, those distractions with with Wager and um, Farmer leaving. Um, to me, this kind of speaks to how good I feel like the offseason is going. That that barely made a ripple for me in a lot of ways. Uh, Rule just seems to have such kind of a his own built in safety nets that with Wager leaving, we had this other guy come up right away, and he's already familiar with all the players, and, and we haven't really missed a beat on that. Uh, Miles Farmer, yes, he's in the transfer portal, but. Um, you, if you were going to pick one of our deepest spots in the defense, you would say this, the, the back end, right? The secondary is secondary. probably our deepest spot. Now I know Buford's hurt too, and I'm not unconcerned with that, but, but it's just like one of those things is like, you, you get some bad news. If you weigh it with the whole, you know, the big picture of everything, it's like, how bad is the news? I don't know, you know, but um, man, I just haven't hated anything I've heard. I haven't hated anything <laughs> I've heard. I love that they're splitting the practices up. I love that they're um, trying to get the young guys a bunch of reps. I love that they're rotating. You know, it sounds like, you know, day one, uh, Harburg was the backup quarterback. Day two, it's it's uh, Purdy. And I'm not saying the, the true backup. I'm just saying, you know, when they split the practices, one was with this group and the other was that group, and then they flip it the next day. You know, I just – what I see these coaches doing is doing a true – evaluation of the team that they have and they're doing it in such a way that's actually putting extra stress on them, right? They're doing two yeah. full practices with a split up team, which has never been done around here before. I mean, I know Riley well, had two different units going. Not at since same. at least solo. Well, right. right yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's so that it's so important right now because it's all been talking season. It's all been workout season. It hasn't been playing season. So like he has to evaluate this team truly to get to know who's going to play, who's who's there for the right reasons, who's going to buy in fully to the to his new philosophies, and what better way to do that than to get as many reps as you can to each group. And now, that does that require more for the coaching staff? Yes, um, but you know that's rules way. It's like if you're gonna, yeah. I, I have a feeling uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a coach on the rule staff, you you're probably already planning on putting in full work weeks, and I'm not talking forty hours. I'm talking. <laughs> I don't even know. I'd love to hear actually how many hours those guys put in. Well, I think what, what it is, it's the, the reps specifically, it's a continuation of an off season of walking the walk. Mm -hmm. So we right away, we heard big things back in December when he was hired. Hey, we're going to do this. I remember the first time they talked with Satterfield, he talked about a fullback. It was like, Oh my God, the fullback. Yeah. But it's like, oh, yeah, you're also going to follow through with it. Right. Well, there you are the first play of the, the spring game. It's a fullback, yep. you know, trap and it's, and that wasn't just for the heck of it. They kept doing it over mm -hmm. and over again. Mm -hmm. And, and, and now they've gone out and brought in walk on transfers from Notre Dame and, you know, bringing guys in beefing up that position for year one of it. Right. And uh, so, we're not just talking the talk there. We're going to have a fullback. We're going to get under center. Um, we're going to have, we're going to have contact. We're going to take those yeah. green jerseys off the quarterbacks. Well, there you are in the spring game watching quarterbacks taking hits. Yep. So they're, they're, they're going through and, and actually walking what they're talking. Mm -hmm. And and to me, that's a big deal. The reps for the longest time when, when Frost was here, we, we heard all about, that there's going to be stations. Mm -hmm. And then we would go to those practices, those first two spring um, 
uh, sessions for for us. We went to them, and there were all these there were all these uh, um, stations. But yet, by the end of it, you know, you're hearing that guys weren't getting reps. The mm-hmm. guys, you know, there are a lot of guys that are like standing around. saying, like, wait a second. I know. Okay. Now it's early, you know, in the Matt Rule era, so you know we we need to keep up on this, right? Mm-hmm. We need to keep up a month from now. The same questions about how the station's going that right. needs to be asked a month from now. It needs mm-hmm. to be asked two months from now. We need to see development throughout the course of the year. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just a, a practice one right. question, but at least up to this point, there's so few things that I could be upset about with Coach Rule. And then when, but that doesn't mean that it's been perfect. No, look, Bob Wager, that's a that's an embarrassing moment for just the program mm-hmm. in general. Nobody wants to hire somebody in here and have them be gone, you know, before the season even starts. Um, but you know what? How Coach Rule speaks to it mm-hmm. the transparency that he got he's not hiding behind mm-hmm. anything and he's also setting standards yep. and he's simply saying this is look look if i don't care if i brought you in i don't care if you're someone else's you know someone else uh, recruited you or so, someone else hired you none of that matters moving forward these are the standards yep. and no matter how you got into this program you have to do this to, to stay in this program mm-hmm. and if you don't Guess what? There's the door. There's a, it is not a right to be at the University nope. of Nebraska. It's nope. not a right to be a coach here. It's not a right to be a player. Nope. Um, and I, I've heard people <clears throat> on Twitter. I've read some things on Twitter about people saying, you know, that, you know, the wager thing, that's 100% on rule. That's a whiff or whatever and this and mm-hmm. that. They're right. It is. It's, it's it, 100%. Like the head coach it ultimately is responsible for his team that he puts out there. Yep. But, but to act like that means, any controversy that comes up um, is is somehow a, a reflection of a, a, a poor culture or this and that. Like that's not. It's how you handle these things. Yes, it's how you would deal with these things. It's it, do you hide it? Do you get out in front of it? Do you do you uh, do you hold true to what you said you were going to be? And to me, he's done that. And not only did he do that, he already kind of had a built in safety net to what he was going to do next. So. Off seasons are always there's you're always peppered a little bit with some controversy. Jeez, look at Northwestern. I mean, that's not the off season they thought they were going to have. If we lose a tight end coach for a DD, okay, you know, like, well, yeah, I'm I mean, not happy about it. But I mean, when you when you well, when would you be, against, would you be any happier if he got the DUI and we didn't we didn't discipline him? I mean, we've had other coaches. Context that, always matters, but on the face of it, no. I, I mean, we, like we we had a, a you know well known assistant coach about four or five years ago, or yeah. under the Riley era, who had multiple ones before he was hired. Yeah. Right. No, I know. And, you know, I, I think if you ever want to watch a dissertation on I've mentioned this before, but a dissertation on what it takes to build a program, watch Coach Osborne as athletic director Osborne firing Bill Callahan, that mm-hmm. press conference that morning where he where he announces that he fired him. It's a 30 minute press conference. And he just it's not it's not even about Callahan at that point. Right. It's more about what's important with a football program. Right. How do you build a program? How do you build a championship culture? All those things yep. that people don't want to talk about, but are really important. And you mentioned it with the the head coach. You know, is it is it Coach Rule's responsibility that that uh, somebody showed up overweight? Is it Coach Rule's responsibility that a player isn't doing something right? Is it his responsibility that a coach got a DUI? Well, ultimately, I guess everything funnels up to the head mm-hmm. coach. So as far as it pertains to the to the football program, yes, it's his responsibility. Mm-hmm. But, um. All that, all that I care about is that once it gets up to him, that he handles it. Right? Yeah. I don't have any question. I don't look. I don't blame him that somebody was overweight. Right. That there's personal responsibility that yep. somebody. Same thing with me, by the way. Hey, I could lose a few pounds. Right. right? I'm not going to blame anyone except for me on that. And 
if I show up overweight and my, my job requires me to be at a certain weight, mm -hmm. then what I would expect the, the, the job I'm going to, I would expect them to say, sorry, man, yeah. you know, you need to come here, here, and you're, you're up here. You got to go back yeah. until, until you get here. And that's what he did. Hey, uh, I show up at a job and, and I got a DUI. Then if the, if, if the place is like, yeah, these are the rules, yeah. then the, these are the rules. Even, even in hardships so far, like I said, it hasn't been perfect under rule. No, there's been issues that have come up, but even when those things have come up, he's handled them the way yeah. I would expect him to handle it. Right. So I don't have any issue right, right now. There's nothing systemic. Mm -hmm. I don't see 20 guys coming in right. overweight. I'm not seeing, you know, a third of our staff getting DUIs. I mean, right. there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of context to it, mm -hmm. but in how he's running the program and, and how we know that there's one guy in charge. Mm -hmm. I mean, the head coach is in charge and he's setting standards that are high and you got to meet them. Yeah, I mean, I, it'd be one thing if, if uh, maybe the discussion before something happened hadn't been well presented, but I seriously doubt that, that let's just use fleeks. I'm not trying to call him out, but I bet he knew what weight he needed to be at. I bet it was relayed to him. I bet the message was clear. You need to be at this weight. You need to come in at this, you know, individually you were responsible for your own actions, but the head coach is going to be responsible for the consequences of those actions. And you're going to be held to that. And if that's well communicated, mm -hmm. then you really can't have much of an issue with them. Like here, here's the rules. Here's our standard. Here's our culture. You do this, 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 and this, we'll have no problems. You step outside of this, we're going to yeah. be talking about something and, differently. And, and he's and doing it. If you're consistent, if the messaging is good, that's and if the cult in what he's what what the consequences of everything that's happened so far is is tracks completely with what rule says he wants. And to me, that's he talks about integrity. That's integrity. That's yeah. that's saying and doing and being what you purport to do. Um it's it's unrealistic to think on a on a staff and a and a team as big as Nebraska has. Yes, it'd be fantastic if everybody towed the line perfectly. Mm -hmm. That's if anybody works anywhere, you know you've got people working with you that don't pull their weight. It's just human nature in a lot of cases. Yeah. But if your if your goal is to achieve greatness, if your if your goal is to be a place that you haven't been in a long time. Uh, you can't have that. Yeah. You you've got to have them. You got to have people going in the same direction, top down, from the bottom up. Andrew says I agree. He made the right decision. Of course, we know Andrew is Andy. Oh, Andy, list what's Andy, up, buddy? Mister Andy, there. And I agree with, with what you're saying here. I mean, at the this is the still the we haven't even played a game yet under rule. Right. He is still. I'm, I'm going to use the c word culture, mm, <laughs> and he's still no, setting no. the culture, and he's still setting the expectations right. and early on you sure as heck can't let this stuff go no. by because it, do you think this is the last time that we're going to have somebody no. show up late at a meeting or something you know kids an organization the size of this there's mm -hmm. going to be 150 175 people that you know right now i think there's like 170 people that are staying at selig dorms when you count all the yeah. the players and the coaches and the, and the staff and everything anytime you put 170 of anyone together you're going to have you're, there's going to be a couple of errors that come out of it. Right. And what you got to do is you got to set those standards high and you yep. got to keep people to them. Yep. And so I appreciate the, that coach rules doing that. I think he's a, he's a leader by example, mm -hmm. which is another thing that I like about his, his management style. Yep. He's not, he's going to be there sooner than anyone. Yep. He talked about that uh, a week ago at the big 10 media days that he wanted to be the first coach of right. all the coaches, all the big 10 coaches. He wanted to be the first coach there that morning. And it was more just to, just to be there, but mm -hmm. also, does that not rub off on Ethan Piper or Reimer, you know, on Sims? The, the players that are there is that 
you know, coach isn't just asking us to show up early for a practice right. or show up early for a film session. I mean, literally, he's the one showing up early for, for what he's supposed to be doing. Well, and it and speaks to his whole philosophy of you compete in everything you do. Yeah. Like, that's what it shows the players. Like, we're going to compete in everything you do. Like, everything? Yeah, even getting to the Big Ten, you know, media day first. Like, that, we're, we're competing. Like, they, maybe the other team doesn't even know we're competing. It doesn't matter. Like, I know we're competing. I want to get there early. We're going to put our best foot forward. It gives him time to go down Radio mm-hmm. Row and do all his interviews. And I, I want to give Dave credit on this show. A year ago, um, we, we poo-pooed a little bit Frost um, that last uh, – Oh, yeah. The, the last uh, media day that he went to when he didn't have an opening statement. I was like – and at that point, I just wanted the season to start. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, stop yeah. making controversy just for me. And I kind of got on Dave at, at that time, but I was like, stop making controversy just to make it. But the reality is – is that number one? He was right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. just I, I can't defend. Not it's part of your responsibility as yep. the of, of the coach is yep. to is to tell the story of the program and yep. to be a good you know voice and face of it. Yep. And not doing that was not fulfilling that part of the role. So mm-hmm. that part was right too. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is because it was year five, because he's not setting the the culture anymore. Mm-hmm. The culture is set by that point. I, I let that go lax. Yep. Like, like in year one, that's really important. You got to do things in year one. No, you know what we need? We need consistency. Yep. What I want to see out of Coach Rule, I like everything I've seen up to this point. He hasn't coached a game yet. I like everything I've seen, but he needs to be the same guy then in five years. He needs to, to still have these same standards. You yes. know, it's it's not something where it's like, okay, uh, go out and win a national championship. By, by all means, go out and win a national championship, Coach Rule. But then if you come back the next year, it's like, uh, yeah, Show up when you want. Right. Yeah. You can come in 15 minutes late. Mm-hmm. You can. I mean, that's the thing that the Nick Sabans and Tom Osborne's and all that of the mm-hmm. world. Those are the guys that are the second you win a, na- a national title. It's like I don't even want to see the rings. Yeah. I don't even want to watch right. the right. You know, because that that's in the past. Yep. Yep. He he does seem very much wired that way. Like it it regardless of what success we do or don't have this year, I I feel like will only direct what he does next year. It won't hamper it. You know, like if, if, if we end up being weak on the line, defensive line, offensive line, that'll just kind of direct how he focuses the off season and yeah. this and that. But <clears throat> it, it, the, I think I would love to stop talking. I know I said this before, but like by the, by year two, like I'd like to stop talking about culture because it's so yeah. already ingrained. Like I don't remember talking about culture with Osborne. It was just like this is how Nebraska does it. It, it was, was the Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was the Nebraska. Nebraska it, was the, it was the Nebraska way. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, this is now. Now, I mean, now we're taking. Then, yeah. Now ahead. we're taking deep cuts here, but it's like there was a Nebraska way of mm-hmm. doing things. And when Solich was fired, it mm-hmm. wasn't just getting rid of Solich. It was we're replacing everything. Yeah. I'm talking back end people we're yeah. replacing the people right. that you know that you know, weren't in front of the cameras. We're replacing everything, and we were almost like a startup program. Mm-hmm. And I thought the same thing at Michigan when Lloyd Card leaves, and he was a Michigan man, mm-hmm. and they replaced him with, with uh, Rodriguez and everything. It's not just the X's and O's. They replaced – they just started over from yeah. scratch. And it is, it is so difficult, especially yep. for programs like a Michigan or like a Nebraska, where you are so established. Yeah. There was a Nebraska way of doing things – and for the last 20 years, we've been trying to figure out what's the right formula mm-hmm. to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Well, what it is is just higher frost, and then then it will be the 90s all over again. Or, like that was right or, you, or is it just any kind of – Mike Riley's first staff didn't have a single guy with any Nebraska uh, affiliation at all. His second year, he brought in Perella. Yeah. And I I was just – And, of course, Ron Brown's always on the side. Yeah, Ron Brown's always there. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Ron, for always yeah. being there. But but it was, it was, that, it was that idea that um, – 
you know, at, at times we've just been begging for anything that's some kind of connection. Well, mm-hmm. what's so interesting is right now, and I don't want to underplay this because short of Trev, and Trev's pretty important here, yes, he but short of Trev, we don't have any connection really other than Ron Brown is on the staff. But <laughs> there's really no connection no. with this current staff. And yet watching them and watching Coach Rule uh, operate, it feels it feels like the Nebraska way to me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's the way they talk to the players. It's it's the physical contact practices. Mm-hmm. All those things are mm-hmm. talking about fullbacks and, and, and Ed Foley going around to every single school in this entire state. And I know other staffs tried some of that too, but damn it, Foley's done it, yep. you know, times 10. And it all those things combined to these guys feel as Nebraska to me as anybody else, whether they're from yeah. the state or not. Well, it just, and that speaks to Trev, right? Because like, Trev, Trev went out to find guys who already think like Nebraska likes to think. I, I feel like yeah. that was a big part of his hiring process. And so I think it's in some ways kind of easy for Rule to kind of fall in line with the Nebraska way. Like he says, it's on the building day by day. Hmm. Like that's what he thinks. And, you know, you know, it's it's easy to do the comparison with with former coaches. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to call somebody out. But like one of the things with Bo is it almost he was on Solich's staff, so he thought we were, he was more of the Nebraska way, but he kind of somewhat resisted the Nebraska way in some regards. The black shirts were always an issue, how we were going to do it, how we weren't going to do it. You know, his just kind of contentious thing with the media that w- was just a little bit unnecessary in my mind. I'm like, we're going to have we're going to have a ton of interest and you're going to have to deal with that. Um and so that always those 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 two always kind of collided. And I know there was other things going on with Bo, the AD, and everything like that, which made it hard. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sit here and, and diss Bo. I don't think Bo had the athletic director set up that like what Rule has from day one. Certainly not the end. I mean, not at the end. I know Osborne was on board with it, but Bo was. So anyway, the way the way that Rule lines up with what Trev already thought was going to work at Nebraska, and the way he's integrated Nebraska history, the way he talks about Osborne. The way he always brings up, I talked to Coach Osborne about how to split this up and how Osborne said reps are important. Yeah, he name drops like, like Rob. <laughs> well, nobody <laughs> name drops like Rob, but <laughs> but 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 it's true. And and the fact that Osborne seems so actively involved, even with Frost, I'm like, you figured Frost talked to Osborne all the time, and I'm sure he did, but I, you didn't necessarily hear him talking about him the way Rule does. Rule's looking to Osborne for almost guidance on. He's like. I heard him talking about the black the Damon. I don't know if y'all have watched this yet, but watch every part of that Damon Benning interview with with a uh, coach rule. It's fantastic. Oh my gosh, heard that sports hundred percent. Damon, yeah. they did a great job. Fantastic, but um, you know when he was talking about the black shirts, he's like, well, you know, the starting defense wore black shirts. And he just kind of <laughs> left it at that. And it's like ever since Oz or ever since Solich, it's always been like you know, you got to earn it. You got to play like this. You got to do this and that. You yeah. got to be in the community and blah, blah, blah. It's all, it's all this like perception. I'm like, well, it, was, it, it so, used to just be the starting defense. Yeah. Well, you, it, it used to be, I mean, the the origin is, is uh, going down to Lawler's in downtown yeah. and just trying to find a, a Jersey color that was opposite from what the, the offense was but, wearing. Yeah. And they couldn't get rid of black shirts. Right. That's what, that's the origin. Right. And, and ever since that, you know, we're, we're trying to create some mythical thing. Guess what? Tackle, play hard yeah. in football, yeah. you know, play hard in practice, right. you know, live up to, to a high standard, do those things. I mean, yeah. that's, what's going to get you back. It's, to it's, it. it's always the fans that are kind of like, what's the black shirts mean? You know, play like a black shirt, but fans love to take stuff and run with it. And I love Husker nation for all that stuff. I really do. We're but, fans. We do but, too. but I don't, I wouldn't mind if it just got back to being, well, if you're the starting this position in defense, you wear a black shirt. Like, how, that, that makes yeah, cool. how about how about you know a, 
I like it when it doesn't get stupid. Like, hey, we only have six black shirts because only six. Yeah. Are or I turned in my black shirt because I wasn't playing well. Well, then get out the starting lineup. Then. Yeah. Um, if you're not you know playing what? good enough, then we, like, <laughs> anyway, we don't have to keep going well, down that road. I, what, what I like, and we said this earlier, and I, and I kind of want to go back to this, is that we said not everything's been perfect so far. We've talked about it. He had to make a change on the coaching staff yeah. already, for Christ's sakes. And we've had some play, you know, uh, a guy that we thought was going to be a starter just went into the portal day. Yep. It hasn't been perfect. Nope. It hasn't been perfect. And yet what I like about how coach rule has led things is that he's made things look easy so far mm-hmm. when they're not, they're not easy, no. but how would some of those previous coaches we've talked about, how would they have handled some of the same situations right. or when they get asked that question about, you know, uh, what are you going to do with the black shirts or whatever? There are times that we've created contention in the past, Yeah, different coaches, right. different situations, different media members, mm-hmm. all that we've created contention that didn't need mm-hmm. to be there. Stop creating your own right in-house right. issues. Let's guess what? I mean, Coach Rule is about as easygoing on the things that aren't important. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get in a fight with somebody about something that's not important. But when it gets to be important, when there's an issue that's important, he's not going to wait, you know, waver on it either. I mean, there are things yeah. that you're doing it this way. That mm-hmm. it's not the rule way. You're going to do it, it's going to be the right way. Right. This is how this is how we're right. going to do this in this program. And he's setting that so early. And look. Again, I don't want to – the season to me isn't isn't going to fall because one guy, any guy, mm-hmm. I don't care who the one player is, you know, comes and goes. Um, there's a lot of players on this team, and next man up, that's a mentality we got to have. Yep. I mean, I, I know somebody would hear, listen to that and go, oh, my God, what if, what if something happened to Jeff Sims right now? Then you know what? you got to put up the next quarterback. Yep. I, I, I hate to say it that way. It's just – it's the mentality you've yep. got to have. Um, which is, we only have three scholarship quarterbacks. Uh, 1994 had two scholarship quarterbacks and Matt Terman. I don't know. Yep. And then if Matt Terman goes down, you have to have Cluster Johnson yeah. and, and and Tony Veland playing safety and guys that you can, you have to create contingency plans. Tommy Frazier last night told us about returning punts. I asked him. About oh yeah, that. I remember that. And he goes, I did it just because I used to do it in high school. And if this guy and this guy and this guy get hurt, I might be the fourth guy returning punts. Yep. And you know what? That's what Coach Rule has to do right now. People talked about, you know, why did you have this gigantic staff when you built this huge staff? Well, you got a guy like Martin sitting there as an analyst, and he just seamlessly now just went into being a tight ends coach. Yep. He's been a position coach at other right. P5s. And so guess what? You create your own contingency plans. Yes. And you've got to do that right now at quarterback. We've got to be more than just three scholarship quarterbacks. We have the two walk-ons behind yep. that. But we might need to do something right. else. We might have to create some wildcat positions for guys. There's all – be creative. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that bang, I banged my head time and time again last year yeah. watching our offense, the Whipple offense, where it's like, well, shit, that didn't work once, and it didn't work the next twenty times either. What were you, you know? And you're just you're you're showing things sometimes, yep. and it's like, be creative, be innovative, do something different. If something's not working, figure out a way to make it work. And and that's I just rule has shown. I don't know what what he has to prove to me, but he has shown that he's willing to maneuver around these situations. He, he seems to have an answer for when something yeah. pops up. He basically, it's the thing that I've heard so many people say, it's the adult in the room. And when somebody acts like they're not an adult, uh-huh. we've had some guys act like they're not adults. Coach Rule, with Coach Rule acts like an adult and, and, and handles it. Here's what, it, here's what I've liked so far and encouraging you going forward through the season. You know, he, we talked about being tough and then hitting the quarterbacks and the, the quarterback. Well, then we saw it. You know, we saw in the spring game, they were hitting the quarterbacks. You know, they, they were getting run. And and you talk about the standard and then some guy steps out of line and he's kind of removed from the team. You know, you talk about getting in-state recruits and making that a, a priority. And then you see that. So when Rule talks about 
going in this season and being he's like i can't say that we're going to be the hardest working team i can't say yeah. that we're going to be the smartest team i can't say that but i can say we're going to be tough <laughs> like now as much as and i know there's plenty of fans out there like why well, I, I gotta see it to believe it i'm with you yep i'm with you i'm with you but it encourages me that from the most part, I, it's hard for me to even think of an example. And if you got one, put it in the comments of, of something rules said that we were going to do that, that, you know, and that the time has passed now that we didn't do, you know, like the quarterback's going to get hit in practice. They did, you yeah. know, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be tough on the lines. We, we looks like we are, we're going to change our bodies, going to add flexibility. We're going to be more mobile. Mm -hmm. We've done that. We're going to, we're going to put a, we're going to be emphasis on the state and recruiting. Well, we did that, you know, like all that stuff that he said, we're going to do we've done and like it just it it allows me to relax a little bit open myself up a little bit more to the possibility that we might have a decent year you know because i do yeah. think i do think if we're a very tough team physically mentally then we're going to be a very tough team to beat on the field period i i, I believe that because i believe all these close mm -hmm. games of these over these last last few years have proven that we have talent you know, I, I just think that with a little more targeted focus in that toughness that he talks about and demands, you know, you see his coaching staff coming off the off the practice field. They're drenched. In. They're drenched. In drenched. Now, I know it's been like 98 percent humidity for all you redcasters that aren't in the state of Nebraska. It's been humid. Um, but these but guys, it's always humid here. And yeah, I don't always see coaches. Yeah, these guys like that, are working. So. Oh, you're talking about like he, he talks about. um player health and recovery what's he do grass fields they're practicing on grass fields like that's not a small move mm -hmm. that's a big big move and credit to trev making that stuff happen you know it it it, it just the the uh the synchronicity and and, and the um uh, the alignment of these two men towards uh, building this program correctly as much as I want to resist it because of my, because I'm in my own feels about that and how much I just don't want to be excited and then let down. Let down. Boy, I tell you what, it's getting harder and harder to keep those guards. Well, up. One, of, one of my favorite things is I've heard this from, from some fans I've talked to that, that have been critical of rule, which by the way is totally fair. Be critical. I don't mind. Be critical. Right. But, but be fair in your criticism. Well, that that's, I think just in general, I'd say be fair to, to a lot of people. Right. But, but, at the same time that I've heard someone be critical, I've also heard that same person or the same people reference, well, gosh, he's good friends. Coach Rule's good friends with that Penn State AD. In fact, he even got that, yeah. you know, he he referenced and gave a good reference for that AD who's at Penn State. Now, right. what happens when Franklin leaves? What are you worried about? Yeah. What are you worried about? Are you worried about, about Matt Rule doing such a damn good job at Nebraska that we're going to lose him? Is that what we're worried about, folks? Awesome. After 20 years of coaching staff after coaching staff, leave not in good ways after being the number two team in the country mm -hmm. in dead money, mm -hmm. you know, over the course of those years, millions paid out to coaches to not oh. coach here because they were like, Oh, like it's our biggest concern that this guy might leave and go yeah. back to his alma mater and do a, do a Dave Van Horn on us. Because guess what? Dave Van Horn took us to three, you know, two college world series and set up the program for success. 100%. Whether the program did, that's a, that's a side note. Mm -hmm. What I want to see right now, I'm not, I'm not thinking this isn't 40 chess. I'm not 20 years in the future. I hope Matt rules our coach 20 years from now because he's had so much success and we won national titles and all that. I hope, yep. I hope, but right now what I want him to be is the best coach Nebraska's had mm -hmm. this season, next year. And, 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 and you go from yeah. there. Show us, show us the way. 
and, and prove that it can still be done in Nebraska, yeah. which it, you and I both believe it can still be done here. And, I know and, national media is like, well, Nebraska, can they compete? <laughs> Shut up. That's so dumb. It's such laziness. Like to think that now, especially now with the transfer portal and NIL, that look, Prop 48 is still going to kill us. Shut up. That's dumb. We've already proven we can get talent in here. What we haven't done very well is develop that talent. Yeah. Well, what if we do? What if we develop that talent then? Look, I know Penn State's been marginally more successful, but they haven't put any trophies in their in their in their trophy case. Maybe a bowl game here and there that we have in these last few years. Yeah, we're four and one against them. Yeah, like, like, why, 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 why are they a spot that he go to other than being his alma mater? He's talked. Okay, getting back to what he said and what sure. he does, he wants his family to be raised in a place in in over a period of time. Well, he's he's got some young kids here, and he's in Lincoln right now. He doesn't want to keep moving his team, so. He wants to set down roots, and he wants to put it together. And, man, I'm telling you, Let's if sh- you get it rolling in Nebraska, I guess I need to see it. I need to see what getting it rolling in Nebraska looks like in the 2020s. But I have a feeling that getting it rolling in Nebraska in the 2020s is going to look as good as it gets anywhere. I, I don't think necessarily I, Alabama is going to be – yes, I get the fertile recruiting ground, but that's horseshit anymore. Well, the, the way you can recruit nowadays with NIL and – If Alabama just, if Alabama was such you know fertile recruiting ground, why are they coming to Ainsworth to try to get a tight end? Holla. So, I mean, my, my, my point here is let's just get good. Yep. Let's just get good. And uh, I, I think that there's my, – my expectations for the program as a whole, and I think this is very important, expectations for the program can be different from expectations of a team. Okay. 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 The expectations I have of this program is that whether there's a four or 12 team playoff, Nebraska should be sniffing it. That's what Nebraska should be as a program. Nebraska should be a top 10 team year in and year out. Nebraska should be nine wins plus. Nebraska should be in November every single year contending Mm -hmm. to win the division, to to win the the conference every single year. Basically everything that we haven't seen since we've started this podcast, but that's my expectations. (laughs) That's my expectations of the program. And, and they still maintain, I maintain that there's a reason they're building $165 million facility on top of the amazing facilities that we've already had. Anyways, there's a reason why we can do these things that, that we're going to show up in Colorado and have half the stadium again, when Dion's, you know, making his home open. There's a reason for that is that Nebraska fans aren't just going to let this thing die off. Okay. And so that's my expectations as a program. My expectations for this team, I'm going to maintain this. I've done it all off season. It's the race to six to me. And that race to six isn't a ceiling. I'm not, I can't stand it when someone sits there and says, Oh, the ceiling on this team is eight and four. Whatever. Yeah. I guess you, you would have said, what was the ceiling on TCU last year? Because they won 11 and one. What was the floor last year on Northwestern? Because they went one 11. And of course, as we all know, their one win was against us, right? Yep. Stop it with the floors and the ceilings. Yep. We had a whole thing on that yep. over the offseason. But the race to six to me is important. Mm-hmm. We need to get back to a bowl game. And if it takes us six weeks to get to the bowl or six weeks to get to that, to that win point, we're six and oh, we just beat Michigan. We just beat Illinois on the road the week after that. We're mm-hmm. six and zero, oh. awesome. Yeah. We can sit here and we can evaluate. We'll have a red cast that week. We'll talk about how important it is to to not look past the next opponent and let's revise our our expectations. Let's win eight, nine, ten, eleven games. Awesome. Yeah. Or if we're five and six, and Iowa's coming to town, it's Black Friday. We need to get to a bowl game. Yep. Beat Iowa for a second straight season yep. and beat them at home. Defend yep. home. And let's get those extra bowl practices and let's get to a bowl game. And anywhere in between, anywhere in between. that's my expectation of this team. Okay. That's not the same expectation as a program. 
Nope. But but for this year and year one, my expectation is that. So win or lose against Minnesota, it helps me with my mindset too, because I'll be as pissed as anyone if we lose to Minnesota. Of course I will. I'm mad every time we lose. Yep. But if we lose to Minnesota, I'm going to reevaluate in my head and I'm going to sit there and go, honky, stop. Mm-hmm. It's the race to six. The mm-hmm. season's not over because we lost a game. It's mm-hmm. the race to six. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep evaluating, keep doing that in my head over and over. We win or lose. And I think that's, I think that's important in this first season that my expectation in this first season is that we set ourselves up for long-term success. I think, And and going to a bowl does that to me. I I, I truly think too, that's most of Husker football fans. I think, I think most people though disappointed with how the program has gone. Yeah. Look at this season. Look at this coach. If they're being a if they're being a fair evaluator, it's hard to pro, it's hard to project more than eight wins any way you slice. It's hard to be you're you're being ultra optimistic if you say over over eight wins, um, just out of pocket, being really bullish on it. But but you're also being kind of you're also being kind of naive if you think there's no way to get even more wins. But but I think who said it was it? Oh, Trev Albert said it about in in the in the big 10 media days he's like you, you know most husker fans can recognize when you're playing good football you know and the the wins you might not always reflect but if you're playing good football and we're and we're, we lost that game not because of poor clock management not because of poor special teams play not because the snaps going over somebody's head you know just because mm-hmm. just this normal like football bullshit if we could remove some of that and lose a game okay I see the progress. I see where we're going with that. Uh, that's that's where I want to be year one. Okay, mm-hmm. this is my year one caveat. Now year two, I don't want any of that shit. I we better be we better have it lined up. We better done a good job recruiting. If because uh, year one will never be held to the same standard as year two. Year two has got to be a higher standard. If we're mm-hmm. moving the right direction, we're we're not the program that I don't want this shit. You know, I, I want it to be like I want a steady mm-hmm. climb. I think Rule would say the same thing. The whole coaching staff. You think year one should be the worst we ever are, yeah. With this staff, that's one hundred percent. So whatever the floor is now, and I'm not saying what the floor is. I'm saying after the end of the year, we'll know that should be about the floor, unless we had some sort of fluky win against Michigan or something like that, where they, you know, snap the ball over their head on a punt. We return for a touchdown, <laughs> and that game. Not calling that a prediction. I'm just saying that. Well, cool. I, I want to show this, and um, this is interesting. And we had we did our our preseason was it okay go ahead and talk about yeah it. we did our preseason uh predictions on on twitter we had over almost fifty thousand votes and it was game by game went through each game and and you can vote on it and who's going to win just head up and what i love about husker nation this happens every single year and it happened again this season um if you ask most fans and we do most people say, hey, you know, we're going to go six and six, seven and five, eight and four, you know, maybe being optimistic. And I think most people think that way. But when you actually throw the, the teams in front of you and you have to vote one team versus another, Nebraska versus Minnesota, Nebraska versus Colorado, same thing happened. This is almost 50,000 votes, Nebraska going 10 and two. And so the slide here, if you're if you're watching this, um, that uh, the uh, first half of the season here, where, where do we got this? Oh. My graphic is wrong on this, but anyways, first half of the season, five and one, and it's us beating Minnesota 75 to 25%, us beating Colorado 92 to seven or 92 to 8%, uh, us beating Northern Illinois 96 to three point something, uh, us beating La Tech 
eight, 96 to three. And then here's Michigan. Now Michigan's going to beat us like 85 to 15%. And Nebraska, we're going to turn around. And this was the closest game. Nebraska is going to beat Illinois 57 to 43%. Now think about this game for a second. It's Nebraska at Illinois. Mm-hmm. It's following the Michigan game. So yep. big game on yep. a Saturday. And we've got to turn around and play Illinois in Champaign on Friday night. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, Kind of let all those all those challenges get up there, but we're going to win them. You know, fifty seven to forty three. The other, uh, the second half of the season here, of course, we're going to beat Northwestern ninety seven to three percent. We're going to beat Purdue eighty to twenty percent. We're going to beat Michigan State on the road sixty one to thirty nine percent. Maryland at Nebraska seventy seven to twenty three percent. Now we're going to lose to Wisconsin, and we're going to lose to them. And of course, I can't see it because I got a thing in front. Of it. it was about like sixty-five to thirty-five, something okay. like that. And then Iowa, at Nebraska, we're going to beat them eighty-two to eighteen. Sounds right. And so, what I love about it, it's just it's Husker Nation. Even when you've been beat down yep. year after year yep. after year, and I think it's the blue blood mentality. We still look at the name. We still look at it and go, "We're yep. not." Are you kidding me? We're going to lose to Purdue. Yeah. Never mind what we've done to Purdue 100%. against Purdue the last, you know, six, seven years. Yep. We're going to lose to, you know, are you kidding me? We're going to lose to Illinois. Never mind what Illinois has done to us the last yep. couple of years. Right. Yeah. And granted, I think you can look at those things differently too. What, what have, what have those teams done to us the last couple of years? Have they beat us? Have they, have they beat us down? Or in a lot of ways, have we beat ourselves yeah. in those games? Yeah. And I mean, whether it's, Onside kicks in the second half or the, mm-hmm. the Illinois game that we went to in Champaign two years ago. Yep. I mean, the, the cluster dumb effery of, of, of football, that stuff, that's what's got to end. It, it's, a, it's a hard job to evaluate a football team when they haven't played very good football fundamentally. You know, like it's hard to it's hard to evaluate your talent. It's hard to evaluate your floor and ceiling when when you just haven't seen your best foot. You know, like I think I think like Illinois is a good example of a team that really flipped it when they started playing good ball. And it took a good coach to do that. Bielema really flipped that team quick. You know, is it unreasonable to think Nebraska could do the same damn thing? I mean, come on. I'm like, we've I know without even looking, we've out recruited Illinois these last several years in a row. So. It, there's a there's a lot of guys. This team, I'm looking at the the lineup right there, and it, the, immediately the first name that jumped off was Thomas Fedoni. Just looking at him, mm-hmm. there's just a whole s- slew of guys on this team that it's untapped potential. Yep. We haven't seen it yet. Right. Um, I, a lot I'm, of it's on the line too. I'm not. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've talked about that how many countless years now. Yeah. If it's recruiting stars and all that, I mean, the, the line ha- has had it, but we just haven't seen the play on the field match that. You know, when I look at a guy like Thomas Verdoni, am I am I drinking Kool-Aid or am I am I being completely unrealistic? If I sit there and say, Well, geez, stay healthy and this guy, I I think this guy can be all conference. Well, I don't even know if he's gonna be the starter. Right. You know, I mean that yeah. that's that's the reality right now. Um, but I like the components. I think we have some really good players on this team, and it's gonna be about how do they develop, how do they come together. Yeah. Um and and I think what you can do in practice and where you can make a difference in today's football more than you could have 20 years ago. We always talk about all the advantages Nebraska had 25 and 30 years ago. We could be on TV when other teams weren't blah, blah, blah. One advantage that you can have today is you can be more physical than the opponent. You can choose you can. to be more physical. Mark Banker, when we got our, our behinds kicked in 2016 to Iowa, got done and said, you know, man, they must have bloodbaths for practices. And I'm sitting there going, well, what are we doing in practice? Yeah. That was a choice that Gotta we kick. made. 
That was a choice that we made. I promise you there are other teams right now all across the country, not just Big Ten or whatever, but there are teams out there that are making a choice not to be as physical as Coach Rules being physical with this team. Mm -hmm. That's that's a place that we can make an advantage. And if Minnesota has beaten us the last four or five years uh, just physically overpowering us, blah, 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 and and they think that we're just going to be the same – we're going to take the same physical approach to them. If that's what they think, then I think that that I like our chances. I do too. Because I think that we're going to be – better prepared, mm-hmm. better suited to, to take on a, a physical Minnesota team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and look at Minnesota's a running team. Minnesota's mm-hmm. get under center. Minnesota's gigantic lineman. Minnesota will get an unbalanced sets. I know what Minnesota does. Yep. But what I like about that being a game one for us is it's an opportunity for us right away to see where we are physically. Well, and let's, and let's see how they do with the physical team. Let's see how they the, they handle us playing a physical brand of football and, and see how well they, they adapt to that. Yeah. Um, I think know, I'll, I'll be very upfront. I'll be very disappointed if we get pushed around yes. against, against Minnesota. And, I, and, and that's, not, that's not a knock on Minnesota. I understand what Minnesota wants to do. I understand how physical that team can be. I respect Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this from a level of not respecting them. I would be disappointed if we are physically yeah. not ready or if we get pushed around in that game. I greatly dislike PJ Fleck. I, I, I when I mm-hmm. see him talk, it irritates me. Uh, his whole his whole shtick. Mm. It's 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 not my brand of what I want my head coach to look like. But I will not deny his results. Yeah, he's and, done and, a great job and, in Minnesota. My my nephew Ryan. We argue about it all the time. He he's a big PJ Fleck guy. He came and spoke at a coaching conference that he did. And PJ Fleck does a lot of good things. He does a lot of good things. He's just not my type of guy that I that I want. But um, you know, we we've out recruited them too. We've out recruited all basically the whole West and haven't developed worth a damn. Like like I don't know. I don't know, and neither does anybody else what it mm. looks like if we're developing players to a high level. And I, and I kind of want to transition this a little bit into um we haven't seen a lot of off-season videos from this this team, this staff, or anything like that. No speeches, no rah-rah, no weight room, you know, kind of how much we're lifting bullshit. But but we have seen a few videos now these these because they allowed a little media access this this first week. And and saw some guys, dude. I know this gets said every year. When Frost got here, we got really big, you know. And and but this year, it looks man, Arik Gilbert. Have you seen videos of him? Yeah, yeah he they, looks insane. They, he looks insane. Like this, this is a this. We're talking like a five star talent tight end. Like I think he was. I think um, I don't know if it was Sean Callahan. Somebody said. Through, through since they started ranking tight ends in the in the modern era, the highest ranked tight end ever in 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 rivals history is Arik Gilbert. He's on our team, and guess who's either backing or starting before him is one of the other highest ranked tight ends sure. of all time. You know, there's Jeff Sims is a talent. Jeff Sims is a six I, foot four, two hundred and fifteen stallion with it, a rocket arm. Um, he's going to be quarterback. We, for we were in the top ten. In 2016, when Dave and I flew out to Columbus, Ohio, we had just lost uh, the, the week before in overtime at Wisconsin. Uh, we were a top 10 team going out to, to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. We got beat 62 to three. And the Sean Callahan's, I remember Callahan saying this. And I remember other people saying this was that you could tell before the game even started, just being on the being on the field at field level, 
that that Ohio State team walks up to our team and you just knew we were going to get beat. Like we yeah. couldn't physically compete, right. which is crazy because we were seven and one and we were in the top ten, right. and and it just taken Wisconsin down mm-hmm. to the wire. But apparently, you know, so how important is it that we look good off the bus? Well, I think there's some level of importance with that. I do. So hey, you know, at the you end, you got to have guys. Yeah, you got to no have questions. Guys. You got to guy. You got to have. You guys. have to have guys. I I think if you get down to the basics of week one and and to go to Minnesota, that Minnesota game. When I think of week one and what it takes to win in week one, we said this two years ago before we went to the Illinois game. Go back and watch or listen to our shows. I guess we weren't on YouTube at the time, but if you listen to our shows, we talked about you just have to do the basic Mm -hmm. things right. Mm -hmm. The team that plays the best special team, the team that doesn't kill itself with penalties and doesn't do the things with turnovers, if you play good, basic football, mm-hmm. you're going to win your first game more times than not. I think Whipple's, Coach Whipple yeah. last yeah, year said good, yeah. how important points were. Points were good, he said. And if we have to appreciate getting a field goal. Now, I have a 100 issues with Whipple, but that at least was something that was smart, I think, that he came up with. But I'd also say I would go on the defensive side. We were talking defensively and mm-hmm. against what Wisconsin, or what Minnesota is going to want to do. Minnesota is going to be physical and all that. What I would say is don't overthink this first game. Right. If you're Coach White, if you're Coach Rule, not that they need my advice here, but I go back to the Missouri game in year one of Pelini, and it was 2008. And we came out with crazy defenses, and we were going to blitz from this side and this side. Yeah. And it was very early in the tenure. They're trying to set up their, you know, their – culture and their mm-hmm. defensive scheme and all those things. And we just got blown out by Missouri doing just some stupid things that were just at that moment in time, just be good. And guess what? If you tackle well in week one, you're going to be okay. If you don't get penalized in week one, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Defensively. Can you stand, can you fill a gap? Mm-hmm. Can you make it hard for these guys that, that don't give them huge holes to run through mm-hmm. that, that Minnesota is not going to be, we're not playing Minnesota in week 10 either. They're not going to be a, a fine right. oil no, machine. True. So just play good disciplined yeah. football. Minnesota's do that in week one. Minnesota's and, and we'll struggled some of their at. early games in their, in their, since PJ's been there and, and a lot Whipple, of teams struggle in their early games. That's Whipple also it, said, or I think it was Whipple that said, you know, more often you lose your first game one. Then that's you win exactly it. right. You know, it's like because of mistakes and mental errors and this and that, you know, it's, 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 it's more about not losing it than it is winning it. Well, um, I go back to that, that roster you're talking about, Mac, you know, and I'm looking at these names, play good mm-hmm. disciplined football. And I look at these names and I know what these guys were as recruits mm-hmm. and I know what these guys were as, as transfers. Mm-hmm. And we, I see some five-star guys and I yep. see four-star guys and I see good players in there mm-hmm. play Good, disciplined football. Yep. Don't catch punts at the one yard line. Do the do the basic things well. Right. Tackle well, which starts in practice by tackling, yeah. which make, we learned. Make your field goals if you, yeah, if you make, get down there. Make your field goals. We saw Tristan Alvano kicking. You know, we saw some video of him, but we yeah. also saw that Bleak Row was making his uh, field goals as well. Play good special teams, and guess what? It it, it doesn't have to be harder than that. Mm-hmm. We break things down, and and I God, I love Husker fans. I love Twitter and all that. We make it so. We get down to the finest of detail. Mm-hmm. Don't penalize yourself. Yeah, right. Don't turn the ball over. When you get into the red zone, score points. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yep. I mean, th- these are fairly. Just, you just want to put your best things. foot forward. You just want to you give yourself the best opportunity to win. That's what and I want to see in week one. And that's typically just limiting mistakes, especially week one. It's just limiting mis- mistakes and executing as well as you can, as often as you can. And it, and it, if you're physical, if you're the more physical team, I feel yeah. like that just lends itself to what? if a team's not ready, 
to to put their best foot forward and you get dealt with a really physical team, that's when yeah. balls pop out. That's when turnovers happen. That's when a pick six can happen. That's when, you know, like Minnesota, yes, they've had great success these last few years, probably, you know, since, you know, the early, I don't know what, 40s when they were really good, 50s maybe. They're playing their best ball they've played in the last, you know, since PJ Flex been there. But they're still a newer team. It's it, They don't have Mo, and they got a new quarterback. They're sure, breaking yeah, they, in some new changed. guys too, you know. Like, it, it, it's not a given that they're going to come out and execute at the highest level right away. You know, let's let's exploit that. Well, I'll just I'll just make it as simple as this. Two years ago, we went down to that Illinois game in mm-hmm. Champaign. That was game one of the Bielema era. And you can say whatever you want about Bielema. You can like him or don't like him. It doesn't really matter. I'm Who gonna, made more I'm, mistakes? I'm gonna, them. That's it. Yeah. I'm going to ask the question a different way. It's not instead of beating us up and saying yeah. how terrible we were because we were. Yep, we were, and we beat it up for two years. Yeah, we were terrible early. Let, let me let me rephrase the question. What did Illinois do really well that game? Um, they didn't kill themselves. <laughs> I mean, they didn't kill themselves. Honestly, yeah. It, nobody for all the things that oh god, you know, how many yards is this guy going to catch per pass? Oh my god, this one guy is out. Uh, you know, this guy might mm-hmm. be hurt. Uh, you know, you can go through all these depth chart things and get to the fine. What did Illinois really do well that game? Really? Other than literally not blow it not blow it they just waited they basically waited for us to to hand them the game and we did on a platter and it's the combination of boy you can say that's that's bad coaching on our part you can also say you can give a lot of credit there to uh to bielema that you know he was ready to go right away what you can't give credit to is their fan base you know their fan base had nothing to do with that win you know not not one damn thing and and it just it just also points out to the fact that if you've got a good coach who's got a plan and understands a conference and knows what to do to put a good football team together, which I think, I mean, you can't deny Bielema. You really can't deny him. He's done it now at Wisconsin. He's already flipped Illinois to a, a program that they haven't been for a long time. And they had NFL coaches there. Sure. You know, Bielema's come in and done damn good work. So I'm not discounting Illinois out, out of pocket or anything like that. But, but it also, you can look at them and go, well, if they can do it with a good coach, and I think you and I and most of Husker Nation would agree that based off his resume, take the NFL out of it. Rule's a good coach. Rule's a really good coach who's not just done it. He's, he's, never, done been, it. he's never been given the keys to an ultra program. He's done it. And that's the issue when Frost came here. For the people that that had an issue when Frost came here. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to talk now. I'm not talking in, in, in reverse. If somebody said, well, I had I had an issue with Frost in 2018. I didn't, by the way. Let me be very clear. I'm not talking about myself here. But for that fan that said, I had an issue in 2018 with Frost. And by the way, that person looks smarter than me, right? But that person, their issue would have been, well, this guy, he's green. He's only done it for two years. Yep. Um, you know, I have a whole, here, here's my list of things why I don't think Frost yep. is the guy that was qualified for it. Y- you look like a genius now. Yep. I don't think that you could take that same list, apply it to rule. Because Rule has done this at, at, a, at a college level, two different locations, shown really good success, mm-hmm. flipping two programs mm-hmm. to double-digit victory programs, taking them over in really bad spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, this is – we've heard this a million times. He's not taking over a, a program nearly in as bad of a spot here as, as the previous ones. And, and you, know, you know, with the Miles Farmer's news withstanding, most of his message has been – that this team is really hungry to compete and win. They're really tired of losing. Like there's, there's been uh, not as much buy-in issue as maybe there have been in, in mm-hmm. years past. And that is, 
that is very satisfying to hear. And I think we saw that with the Iowa team. And I think Mickey Joseph gets a lot of credit for that, you know, like yeah, in yeah, keeping this Mickey. team and Bill Bush too. Like there was, there was, there was a, there was a, there's a want to with this, with this core group of guys, even with the transfers coming in, there's a want to like a desire to work as hard as we can to get as good as we can be. And man, you can't ask more from these young guys than that. You know, the yeah. hell they're moving in the silly dorms and that sounds kind of cool, but dude, we're average size. We fit in twin beds, just <laughs> you know, but think of your Teddy Prohaska trying to fit in a twin bed. You're, you're literally dangling your legs off of a wooden post trying to get some sleep. And that's just one and, guy. And we this, got a bunch of giants. This is what pros try to do, right? You know? you know, and, just... and, and, and yeah, but pros get to bring in their own beds well, and bring yeah. in a lot of nice <laughs> stuff and, and this and that. These guys are, these guys have already kind of committed to the grind. Maybe, maybe there's NIL packages for these guys to get better beds. You know, I don't yes. think rule would let them. I think rule <laughs> wants them to get down and dirty and, and like they can't even leave campus. Dude. I, I love it. They set up guys to be, you know, Tommy Frazier talked last night about how the difference between him and Brooke just just from a, a social standpoint. Yeah. You know, I, I came from, you know, Bradenton, Florida, yeah. and he comes from Goodland, Kansas. Sure. And the difference is, you know, so we weren't going to be best buds. We, we respected each other, but mm-hmm. we weren't going to be best buds because we were from such a different spot. And I've seen some of the matchups that they've had in Selig dorms of, of this guy and this guy. And it's like, whoa, I wasn't. And it's usually an offense and a defensive player, but it's just all across the board. It's an offensive lineman with a defensive back and so on. Uh, Tony says, didn't some coach last year say something about needing to just wait for Nebraska to make mistakes and beat themselves? That's 100%. I, I do yep. recall that. Yep. So, yep. Which was like makes you sick to your stomach to think that they that's something you could count on Nebraska doing. And yet we all know that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. We all watch those games on pins and needles. Like no lead going in in the fourth quarter was that's very – like you weren't comforted by it. You know, in the, back in the day, you would just watch games. Even if we were down, you're like, well, they're going to fumble. We're going to land on something. Yeah, we're we'll going to pick some. something off. We'll break a long run. Like, that's what you thought. Somehow we're going to figure out a way to win this game because that's what we kind of always did. And and, and, and that last year, gradually went away. And last year it flipped to the point where we're, we would have uh, second-half leads, double-digit leads, like Northwestern, yep. Wisconsin, and yep. Minnesota last yep. year. And instead of the mentality being that we're going to you know, run away with this and win it, it was yep. how are you going to blow it. Right. That's the stuff I asked. And Coach Rule has harped on that so many times. Uh, that's what I want to see. Yep. Well, Mac, we're going to parting shots here. Okay. And this has been exactly, even timeline, this is exactly the show I, I was hoping it would be. Uh, the first, it's an hour and a half when this is all done. The first half hour was was all about me. Yeah. It's the forum, and I'm the guest on the forum, and I appreciate that. The three questions. You did really good. You did really good. <laughs> Thank you. Why am I a Husker fan? What was my favorite Husker fan memory? Who are my all-time favorite Huskers? That's the first 30 minutes of this, and and I'm so thankful for all the people that were watching along. I had fa- friends and family. I know mm-hmm. they were watching along with that. Thank you, Matt, for being the host of that. My pleasure. Really was a lot of fun. And then at the 30-minute point, we we transitioned to a match rule, yeah. and we just did a full hour. Yeah. Just we did. By the way, I'm a big notes guy. Mm-hmm. Zero notes. I, I don't have any notes for the match rule, and uh, and we just went for an hour because that's what we do. That that's back in 1994, sitting at Hardee's. You. That's what it was. It was mm-hmm. just you and I sitting back and doing it. There's there's there's, there's a lot to like. I guess was that your parting shot? That's my parting okay. shot. All right, you 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 do it. Yeah yeah yeah. You, well, you, hey, there's there's a lot to like about what you're seeing um, with the with the with the camp now opening up. I know there's little you know trepidation with the miles farmer and everything like that that's also part of it but the the my main thing that i've seen that i like is the players are moving around good the the coaches are coming off same positive thing i love the coaches 
uh, general message that this team really wants to be good. And if you got a team that really wants to be good and they are facilitated by a coaching staff that we hope knows what it takes to be really good, that gives me a lot of uh, a lot of uh, hope going forward. And to me, these the, to me the, the Minnesota game's a coin flip. But I don't. But I what I don't think we will see is a Nebraska that comes out stumbling out of the block, making a bunch of mistakes, and 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 just shooting themselves in the foot. Now it's game one. It's year one. Some of that stuff could happen. That's not necessarily going to ruin the rest of the season for me. If, if some of that shit happens, some of that shit will happen. We, we might have a fumble. We might have a stupid penalty, you know, but it's like, well, we will. How there's, do we, yeah. No, like, how do you respond to it? You know, like, is it, is it a continual problem? You know, like, those, does it, and does that one problem lead to another problem? Yeah. D- yeah. Does it shift the, does it shift yeah. the whole mentality of the team? Are we yeah, all uh, of a sudden not, looking, kicking sand or whatever? Not getting a, a, a third down conversion isn't a reason to shank a punt on the next play, mm-hmm. you know, and it's about, and we make fun of Iowa all the time for things, but it's one of the reasons I give Iowa credit. Mm-hmm. They, think of all the countless bumbles they've right. had on offense. Right. And yet there's a reason they keep winning eight, nine, 10 games right. a season. It's because, okay, well they have that, but then the defense finds a way to score a defensive yep. touchdown right. or the punter figures out a way to kick the ball right. out of, you know, at, at the two yard line. And it's not that I want to be Iowa. I'm not saying that. But what I want to be is a team that doesn't beat itself. Yep. And when it does make mistakes, because every team makes mistakes, mm-hmm. Alabama, Georgia, yep. they make mistakes. But don't let that mistake multiply in the two and three and four. I, I just want that's be, the that's yeah. the approach Coach Rule is going to do. And I, I love it. Yep. I oh. love where we're at right now. The oh. race to six is, is is big for me. We want to be the team that puts the pressure on the other team to make their mistakes. Like, yeah. And, and as opposed to the other way around. Like that's. I feel like that's the the direction we're heading. I cannot wait to see it. I'm so excited. I'm so I'm so geeked out about how we're looking. You know, there's plenty of roster stuff we didn't even talk about. Yeah, like just how good Xavier Betts you're hearing doing. Prohaska looks amazing. You know, the defensive line comes in looking svelte and cut. I, I love the messaging at the podium. Like when, when NJ Sherman talks, he's just he just seems all business to me. Like I I. The messaging coming from the program is exactly in line with what I want it to be. It's not a bunch of show me. It's a bunch of it's it's a bunch of just work and like putting the process one percent better every day. Um, so so I'm I'm bought in. I'm hundred percent bought in. Not blinders on, but I've got I'm bought into like what we're doing, and I'm mm-hmm. fully supportive of the staff, this program, this team, the athletic director, where we're going with things. Um, does that make me? Does that make it rule aid? I don't care. Like, listen. There's plenty of places you can go on the internet. You can go on and find all the negative things that we could talk about too. I don't want to talk about them. I like, there's plenty of negative stuff we've talked about over the years. I want to focus on the positive and I want the positive to be the narrative. So um, I guess that's sort of my, my parting shot is, is like, you know, you are where you are with Husker football, but just to be negative, just to be negative, to kind of protect yourself. eh, If it's fun for you, fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to play that. I want to be excited about the football season. It's so short. The off season is so long. Well, and I like the conversations that you and I have, I guess I'm I'm biased that way. I just, I like what we talk about, but that thank you, Redcasters for for following along. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for your comments along the way. And we'll have another show here, a a Redcast. We're going to have Brett Siancia from Pick 6 Previews on here at at some point next week. I don't have all the details finalized. We can break down. We can get into position groups. We can go player by player and show first and second teams. We will. And there's plenty of shows doing that right now. The talk we had tonight is just the kind of talk that I just want to have right now. It it is bigger picture. And it is just – it's just in general – 
it is it, it's what's important mm-hmm. as a program. What do we want yep. this program to be? What do we want Matt Rule to be? I don't want him to be perfect. Coach Osborne wasn't perfect. No. Nebraska football wasn't perfect. When we talked to Tommy Frazier, he told us a bunch of issues and things that yeah. they had. It wasn't perfect. But you get through those things, and you build bonds up as a team. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's some of what's going on in Selleck right now. You build those bonds, and you figure out that when something goes wrong, you don't double down and, and, and make a, mm-hmm. a, a second wrong, right. a third wrong. Right. How do you don't figure let it, out? Don't, yeah, don't let, don't let it beat you yeah, over and over exactly, and over again. Exactly. If you do that enough times – I said this so many countless times on this show, and it's 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 it sounds so hollow because of, we started this show right before Riley's last year. But if you do the right mm-hmm. things and you do them long enough, mm-hmm. good things will follow. It's almost remarkable to think that it couldn't work out, but you're but you're right. Like I, I feel like when I hear what he's doing, ninety five percent of it, I think that's the right thing to do. That's the right thing to do. It's like how many things can you do right in a row and still lose games? I don't think that many. I don't. I don't think that you can keep doing all the right things and keep losing. But but I, but I guess we'll see. And but the bottom line is, ladies and gentlemen, football is within a month. We are in the month of football four right week, now. Four weeks from now, Vegas, Jerry, we, we will be in Minnesota. We will be. We're gonna put some ball. Uh, we will be in Minnesota for that that week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, uh, the other guys, producer Skip, mm-hmm. Rob, and uh, Dave will be playing golf at the TPC with fantastic uh, with a uh, uh, Vegas year, which is awesome. Uh, you and I will be drinking yes. somewhere near the Minnesota campus and talking with Gopher and Husker fans. Hopefully, hopefully. some co-eds. And, JK, I'm married. Up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it's great. We're four weeks away from this. Let's get the football uh, started. But yes. uh, Mac, I think that's a good way to end it. I did too. Until next time. That's another Go Big Redcast. A Heard at Sports Network production.